Shalom to all. Today's office is Dharma Daf Lamed Zion. We are starting Lamed Vav Amud Beis, five lines up from the bottom at the beginning of the line. And today's office sponsor Lili Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sarabas, Yaakov Meisha, Her Neshama Should Have an Aliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Yosef Yontif, Ben Rosher Anchel, His Neshama Should Have an Aliyah. And the Mishnah said, Malam De Medrash Halachas Vagodais Avaloi Lam Denu Mikra. This is referring to once again where Reuven made a neder on Shimon. The Shimon's not allowed to have enough from him. The Mishnah says that Reuven is allowed to teach Shimon Medrash Halachas and Agodais, but he's not allowed to teach him Mikra. Mikra is Psukim. Now the Gemara says, Mikra My Time Aloi Lam Denu. Why is he not allowed? Teach him mikra. Mishim to come That's because he's giving him no. He's teaching him for free. Obviously, he's not charging him. So now Shimon is saving that money that he would have to pay somebody to teach him, and that's considered hana. Well, Medrash Nami, Medrash also come He's giving him no. If he's teaching him Medrash for free, so he's getting hana from that also. Why is it mutter to teach him Medrash and not mikra? So Rashmul he answers. We're talking about a place where a malamid, a tutor, a rebbe is only able to charge for mikra, and he's not able to charge for teaching Medrash. So Ruvain teaching Shimon Medrash for free is not a gain for Shimon because he wouldn't have had to pay for that anyway. Teaching him Mikra for free is a gain for Shimon, because if not for Ruvain teaching him for free, Shimon would have to pay somebody. So that's why it's us in the case when there's a neder. The Gemara asks, my Pasca, how can the Mishnah tell us something which seems to be a clear psak for all places in all times, when in truth we're really only talking about a place that has this minug and not that minug? Our Mishnah seems to be that we're talking about all places, so that really can't be the understanding of our Mishnah. So Gemara Lama Zayinu Balaf Hantap tells us, Hakamash Mlan, really the Mishnah is teaching us, even if it's a place where they do charge for teaching Mikra, one is allowed to take payment for teaching Mikra, but Al Medrash, Loishar Al Mishkal. If it's a place where they charge for teaching Medrash, a person, a Rebbe, a Mulamad, a tutor, is not allowed to get paid for teaching Medrash. And that's what we're learning from the Mishnah. And the reason why Ruven's allowed to teach Shimon Medrash is because you're not allowed to charge for Medrash. So Ruven can't take payment for Medrash anyway. That's why he's allowed to teach Shimon. But now the Gemara explores this and asks, Mashna Medrash Deloy, why is it that Medrash is not allowed to be taught for payment? It has to be taught for free. Because we have a Pasuk that says, Hashem commanded me at that time to teach you. This is Moshe Rabbeinu telling this to Kalal Yisrael. Uksavin, another Pasuk says that Moshe Rabbeinu told Kalal Yisrael, Re'ei, see, limati eschem, I've taught you, what have I taught you? Chukim mishpatim. Kasher tzivani Hashem, just like Hashem commanded me. And what do we learn from here? Ma'ani bechinam, afatem na'am bechinam, just like I taught you for free, I didn't charge you Kalal Yisrael to teach you. And we learn that from the Pasuk of Va'isi tziva Hashem, Va'isi lamid eschem, it has to be that Hashem had commanded Moshe Rabbeinu to teach Am Yisrael for free. And the way that we're understanding this Pasuk right now is that the Chukim and Mishpatim falls under the category of Medrash. So a person is not allowed to charge for Medrash, he has to teach it for free. Well, Mikra Nami Bechinam, that same reasoning should also teach us that Mikra has to be taught for free as well. So now we're going to have two different explanations for why Medrash has to be taught for free, but Mikra does not have to be taught for free. Because really, Ba'atzim, both of them have to be taught for free. However, there is a reason why when we're teaching Mikra, there is able to be some sort of charge involved. Rav Amar Schar Shimur. Rav says that when Mikra is being taught, the payment that is being made to the Rebbe or the tutor for that is because of Shimur. Who learns Mikra? Little kids learn Mikra. And little kids need to be guarded. They have to make sure they don't run outside and cause trouble and jump all over everything and break it. So the payment isn't actually for teaching the Mikra, it's for the Shimur, it's for guarding the child. Medrash is only learned by older kids or by older people, and they don't need Shimur, so that's how we can't charge for Medrash. Whereas Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan says, Schar Pisuk Taimim, the payment made for teaching Mikra is not for teaching the actual Mikra, it's for teaching the Pisuk Taimim, which is the Trup, the cantillation notes. And right now we're understanding that the Pisuk Taimim, the Trup, it's not Dairaisa, it's not part of the Etzem Pasuk, it's not part of the most basic, simple way to understand the Pasuk, it's something which is an addition, it's an add on by the Chachamim, and that's something that we could charge for. And now the Gemara continues with this. Tanan, our Mishnah said, Loyalam denu mikra, he's not allowed to teach a mikra. Ruvin is not allowed to teach Shim mikra if Shim is not allowed to receive hana from him. So, Bishlamil Manda Amar Schar Pisak Taimim, we understand according to the Manda Amar that the reason why we're able to charge for mikra is because of Pisak Taimim, he's teaching the trap notes, Hanu Deloyalam denu, that's why he's not allowed to teach him. Elamanda Amar Schar Shimur, but according to the Manda Amar, the reason why we're charging for mikra is just because of Schar Shimur, we're watching the children, and that's really what it is. It's a babysitting fee. Well, Gadol Bar Shimur, who is a Gadol, we're assuming right now Shimon is a Gadol. Does he need to be watched? He doesn't need to be watched. So why is 
isn't he allowed to be taught mikra by Ruvain? So Gemara says, no, but Katan Katani, we're talking about a Katan. When our mission is talking about Ruvain and Shimon, and that Ruvain is or is not allowed to teach Shimon, it's talking about Shimon who's a Katan. The Gemara asks, if we're talking about a Katan, what about the end of the Mishnah? The next part of the Mishnah says, Avam Lamin is born of Mikra. He is allowed to teach this person's children Mikra. While Katan Barbanim, who is a Katan able to have children, we're saying that Ruvain is not allowed to teach Shimon Mikra, but he's allowed to teach Shimon's children Mikra. Well, Shimon himself is a Katan, so how does he have children? So Gemara says, you're right. Really, we're missing something in the Mishnah, and this is what should be taught. He's not allowed to teach him Mikra if the one who's not allowed to receive Hana from him is a Katan, meaning if Shimon's a Katan, Ruvain's not allowed to teach him Mikra. However, if Shimon is a Gadol, He's allowed to teach him and his children Mikra because even though you are allowed to charge for Mikra and Ruvain's teaching him for free, the benefit that he's receiving, that he's saving money and he doesn't have to pay for Schar Shimur for his child is an indirect benefit and that's permitted. Now the Mars may say we have a brass that tells us as follows. Children are not allowed to read which means they are not allowed to be taught new psukim on Shabbos if it's the first time that they're learning it, they're not allowed to learn it on Shabbos. However, Eloshain and Berishain, they are allowed to repeat it, which means they are allowed to chazer it for the first time on Shabbos. So learning new psukim on Shabbos is not permitted, but chazering psukim, even though it's the first time they're chazering it, is permitted. So the Gemara analyzes, we understand that the reason why you're allowed to charge for Mikra is because of Pisuk Tamim is teaching the Shabbos. We understand why we're not allowed to learn for the first time on Shabbos. Why not? It's because it's very difficult to teach this for the first time. And the real payment to the teacher is being made for teaching it the first time. You don't really pay him for Chazaro, you only pay for the first time. And that means that he'd be paying him for working on Shabbos, so that's why they're not allowed to learn for the first time on Shabbos. But according to Madamar, which is Rav, that the reason why we're paying to teach Mikra is not really to teach Mikra, but it's for babysitting. Why would they not be allowed to learn this thing for the first time on Shabbos? And why would they be allowed to Chazar it for the first time on Shabbos? Either way, there's Chazar of Shabbos. Either which way, if he's paying for babysitting, he's paying to babysit these children if it's the first time they're learning it or if it's the second time they're learning it. And it should be usher either which way. But the Gemara responds right away, according to you, is there really an isser in on Shabbos? It shouldn't even be usher to teach kids pisuk taimim for the first time on Shabbos. Why? Because havlahi. The reason why it would be permitted to teach them and pay the Rebbe or tutor for Shabbos is because of havlaa. Now havla means assimilation or absorption, which means that the schar is being absorbed in other schar. This comes up all the time when someone wants to work on Shabbos. For example, you have a waiter waiting at a kiddush or at a meal on Shabbos. How does he get paid for doing that? You're not allowed to pay him for working on Shabbos. A speaker is asked to speak somewhere and he's getting paid for Shabbos. How could you do that? You're not allowed to pay him for working on Shabbos. And there's many different scenarios of this. So it's called Havla'a. It's being absorbed in the schar of work that's done not on Shabbos. And Havla, Mishra Shari, Havla is permitted. Let's say someone hired a worker to watch a child or to watch the cow. Now this refers specifically to Paraduma. The ashes of the Paraduma were used to be Matahar, those who were Tomei Mace, and everything involved in the process had to remain at the highest standards of Tahara. Part of the process required using children to draw water for the ashes. And these children need to be guarded to ensure that they didn't become Tamei. So that's what we're referring to over here, Lishmar Satinoik. And the Paraduma itself needed to be washed to ensure that it didn't become possible for use. And that's Lishmar Sapara. Furthermore, Lishmar Hazraim, he hired someone to wash the Zraim, that which was planted. This is talking about the barley, which was going to be used for the carbon Eimer. It was washed very carefully. So in all these scenarios, ain't nice and like Schar Shabbos. The watchman is not allowed to be paid for washing these things on Shabbos. Lefikach, therefore, Lam Zayinon Bezantap, Im Avduf, they got lost. If the cow were if the barley got lost or damaged, he's not chayv, he's not responsible for it. That's because he's not being paid to watch it on Shabbos. Even if he is watching it, at best, he's a shaymer chinam, and he's not chayv for that if this happens to it. Now, if he was hired for the week, he was hired for the month, hired for the year, hired for seven years, then then he does get paid for Shabbos. If this gets ruined or lost, so then he is chayv in his because he is getting paid for Shabbos. Again, how is he getting paid for Shabbos? It's havla, it's getting
getting absorbed in the cost of all the other work he's doing not on Shabbos and it's permitted. So you see that really it should be permitted to pay a tutor or a Rebbe to work on Shabbos because there's Havla. He also works not on Shabbos. So the Gemara gives a totally different reason not related to what we've been talking about why children are not allowed to learn something new on Shabbos but they're allowed to chazer it even for the first time on Shabbos. When we're talking about Shabbos we're not allowed to learn something for the first time meaning teach kids this thing for the first time. That's because you want the father to turn to the child or the father to be open and available for the child for the mitzvah of Shabbos for Einik Shabbos. If the kids go to Cheder on Shabbos to learn new material it would take a really long time the Suda would start very late because the parents are waiting for their kids and that detracts from Einik Shabbos. But Chazara would be very quick so they go to Cheder for a very short amount of time and then come back and the Suda wouldn't start too late. Levi say, alternatively the reason why they're not allowed to learn for the first time on Shabbos is Mishum Debe Shabbat because on Shabbos Achlan Vishasin they drink and eat a lot this is referring to the kids themselves and the world becomes heavy for them which means they become tired and lethargic after eating so much and they're not able to concentrate properly. In order to learn something new you have to be able to concentrate properly. Chazara not as much and how do we know that by eating too much this causes them to become very tired? Kid Amr Shmuel like Shmuel says Shinu Iveses a change in schedule specifically referring to a change in a person's diet Tchilas Ayim that's the beginning of stomach issues when a person changes the way they eat particularly if they eat too much so that gives them stomach and health issues. And the same thing on Shabbos. If you eat too much chalin, everyone knows that you become very tired. So the kids aren't going to have kayak to go to cheder and learn something brand new. Therefore, no sending the kids to cheder to learn new things on Shabbos. Now we analyze Rav and Rabbi Yechanan and try to understand why each one doesn't hold like the other one. Why doesn't he hold like him? So Kasavar, he holds. Do daughters need shimur? The whole concept that you're paying the Rebbe, so to speak, to be a babysitting service is only for the boys. The boys are wild. They're going to run out. They're going to damage things. They're going to cause trouble. So you have to pay him for Shimur. But now if we're talking about teaching girls Mikra, girls are very well behaved and we don't have to pay the teacher for Shimur. And now the other side, and the answer is because he holds Pisuk Taimim Da'iraisahu. That the Pisuk Taimim, the way to read the Psukim by way of the Trup, that's Da'iraisa, which means that wasn't something that was added in later. That's something which really is part of the very essence and very basic understanding in the Pasuk. And that's something that has to be taught for free and one is not allowed to charge even for Pisuk Taimim. And how do we know this? Meaning, here's the source. And this Pasuk is talking about Ezra reading the Torah to Am Yisrael. And they read from the Sefer Torah to Mephairash clarified, and they understood the Mikra. Now we understand this Pasuk. What's that referring to? Zemikra. He was reading them Mikra. He was reading them the Chumash. Mephairash, what's that referring to? Zetargum. He had people translating it into Targum into a way that they could understand it. This is referring to the breakup of the Psukim clarifying where a Pasuk is supposed to stop and where a Pasuk starts. By Avinu B'mikra, what does that mean? They understood the Mikra. Zeh Pisuk Taimim. This is referring to the Pisuk Taimim, meaning Ezra taught it to them with the Pisuk Taimim as well. And Va'amrila, some say that Eloha Messairais, this is referring to the Messairais. What's the Messairais? This is the Messaira of how to read a word. For example, often we'll have the letter Vav in a word and we don't know if we read it as I or if we read it as U. We might have a Yud in a word and it could be read as E or as A. And that's what the Messaira is. And now continuing in this vein, Amr of Yitzchaki tells us, Mikra Seifrim, the way how to read certain Sukim, specifically correct reading of words with non-standard vowelization, Vitor Seifrim, and the embellishments, the beautification of how to read the Psukim, Vikarion Vlaik Sivan, words that are read but aren't actually written, Uksivan Vlaikarion, or words that are written but not read, Halachalmashmi Sinai. All these are Halachalmashmi Sinai. And now the Gemara is going to bring a few examples for all these. Mikra Seifrim. What exactly is Mikra Seifrim? Number one, we have the word Eretz. So when the word Eretz is in the middle of a Pasuk, it's read Eretz with two segals. But when it's at the end of the Pasuk, or it's by an Asnachta, which is a hard 
hard pause in the middle of the Pasuk, so it's read as Aretz. Not Eretz, but Aretz. It has a commas there. Furthermore, the words Shamayim and Mitzrayim. If we wouldn't know that a Patach goes under the letter Mem or Resh in Shamayim and Mitzrayim, you would read it as Shamim or Mitzrim. Mikr Seifrim tells us, put a Patach under the Mem and a Patach under the Resh. Going on to the next one, Itur Seifrim. What does that mean, the embellishment or the beautification of how to read it? So for example, we have the Pasuk Achar Tavayru. Avram Avinu told the Malachim, I'm going to go get you some bread. Vesadu Libchem. Fill your heart. Ve'achar Tavayru. And afterwards you can go. Now really the Pasuk didn't have to say Achar Tavayru. It could have just said Vesadu Libchem Tavayru. The word Achar Tavayru and then you can go. The added word being Achar over here makes it a much more pleasant read. When Eliezer was trying to bring Rivka back for Yitzchak, they told him, why doesn't she stay here for a couple months, for a year, and afterwards she can go. The Pasuk didn't have to say Achar Telech. It could have just said Vitelech and then she'll go. Again, the word Achar over here and then she can go is an embellishment and makes it a more pleasant read. Another example, Achar Te'asef. When Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu that Miriam has to stay out of camp for seven days because she has Tzaraz, Achar Te'asef, afterwards she can come in and then you could travel. It didn't have to say Achar Te'asef, it could have said Vite'asef. And again, the word Achar over here makes it a more pleasant read. Another example, Kid Musharim Achar Nagnim. The Pasuk says, first singers and then musicians. The Pasuk could have just said Kid Musharim Nagnim, that the singers came before the musicians. But it makes it more pleasant to say, first singers, then musicians. And last example of this is the Pasuk tells us, Tzidkascha Keharei Kel. Your Tzidkas are like mighty mountains. Now the Pasuk could have just said, Tzidkascha Harei Kel. But instead it adds this extra letter, Kid, which means as or just like, and that makes it a more pleasant read. Moving on to the next topic, Karyan Vleksivan was an example of words that are read, but they're not actually written in the Pasuk. Number one, Pras de Belechtai. This is a Pasuk in Shmuel Beis, which ends off Lahashiv Yadai bin Har Paras. Now, really, the word Paras is not in the Pasuk, but we read it because it makes it easier to understand. Another example of Ish, the Kasher Yishal Ish Bidvar Halikim. The word Ish is not written in the Pasuk, but we read it. Baim de Nivnesa, La de Pleita, Es de Hagid Hugad, Eli de Hagairin, Eli de Hasairim. All of these are Halain Karyon Vlaik Sivan, they're read, but they're not written. None of these words are written in the Pasuk, but we read it when we read the Pasuk. And lastly, Uksivan Vlaik Karyon, here's examples of words that are written, but they're not actually read. No de Yislach. There's a Pasuk in Malachim Bez, which ends off Yislach no Hashem la Abdukhabadavarazeh. The word no is written in the Pasuk, but it's not actually read when we read the Pasuk. And similarly, Lamech HaSamad Alpha on top, the word Zeus in the Pasuk Deha Mitzvah, and the word Yidraich Deha Darcha, and Chamesh De Ba'as Negev, and Im Dechi Gael. In all these, Halein Ksivan Vlaikarion, they're all written in the Pasuk, but they're not read. And as we said, these are all Lachal Mashmi Sinai. Now, just to conclude, we had said before that the way that the Pesukim are broken up, where one Pasuk ends, where another Pasuk begins, that all Mamish came straight from Sinai. However, now the Gemara tells us, Amrav Achabra Ada, Bimar Rava, and Eretz Yisrael, Paskin Lohadein Pesukah Letlasa Pesukin. They take the following Pasuk and they break it up into three Pesukim. The Pasuk that starts, and this is a Pasuk in Shmais. The Pasuk really continues. We have that all as one Pasuk. However, in Eretz Yisrael, they break it up into three Pasukim. Period. End of Pasuk. Brand new Pasuk now. End of Pasuk. Beginning of third Pasuk. We're going to stop here for the day. We'll pick up tomorrow talking about charging to teach Tyra. For now... Everyone should have a wonderful day.